Hello everyone and welcome to this very special edition of Behind This Mic where I have with me today uh, my dad, Reverend Luis Escoto. I am Tess Escoto. So dad, welcome today. Well, thank you. There was a very practical needs in our church at that time, and I want to get back to that, but there's a really amazing story about how that prime land, that five and a half, half acres on 15th Avenue um, and Southern in Phoenix was purchased by the church. And um, from what I understand, um, that land was there for a while, but it was prime land. And so, you know, me and my mom and you would see it you know, going by and, and every time we passed, my mom would say, oh, that needs to be our land. And, and yes, you were kind of, you thought yes. you were kind of like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, 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 that's really good land. And, yeah. and I'm not sure. Um, but tell about when you actually went and saw the gentleman who was selling that land, what happened? Well, what happened was that he, uh, I asked him about the land, of course, and uh, he said, well, you know, what do you want it for? And it's for a church. We want to build a church there. And him being a Baptist, good brother in Christ, he said, oh, I would like to sell it to you, but there is two buyers ahead of you, one from California, and I thought, they all have money. Usually California <laughs> has money. And the other one, it wants to uh, use it as farmland. And both uh, were able to do that. But it so happened that he told me, well, if number one fails, number two fails, it's yours. You're the next. And they both failed. Straight. And they didn't have the finances. In the sense, they weren't ready. And so he said, but I need $5,000 down. I think we had about a thousand and some dollars in our savings. And then he said, but if you give me a thousand dollars now, I'll give you 90 days to get the rest of it. Well, that's where the tamales came in. <laughs> and we, mother-in-law, Teresa Aguilar, and other families there were good at it. And we sold a lot of tamales to build that church. And they sacrificed also money, a whole year's salary sometimes, when when they had to, and we almost lost a line of time, one a time, but we were, were able to, okay, the brother uh, said, don't worry about it, bring the money in. Uh, it was a, the God thing that we knew that God had something there, that he wanted a monument to his glory. That's right, amen. And what's interesting about that dad and that I wanted to get into kind of the practical part of the ministry that I saw growing up because no one was rich in our church and no. there were no millionaires there were no um professional people at that time there were a few people who had some professional jobs yes, a few, few but the majority of our church if I'm not mistaken were farmers farm um migrant farm workers sometimes, yes, sometimes. um just blue-collar yard work. workers, yard work. That's what they did. And I want to talk about something that I thought was so amazing during that time that um, a lot of the people 
at that time wanted to become citizens. That's Do you correct. remember? Yes. And um, if if you were to fill out um, a letter of recommendation for them, then that would be one more thing yes. that would be helpful. So, I mean, approximately how many people in our church were you able to help with that? I don't know. Just guess. I, well, I, I would say at least 10, I guess. At least. At least 10. And then, of course, with the community center and going there and yes. helping folks, that's a whole different kind of help. Yeah, we uh, were able to channel um, help for them in different aspects of their life and things that come in place to us all. We're human, we have needs, and uh, we're able to help them, even with offerings and food, whatever we could do, and to make them feel that we love them. That's wonderful, Dad, and I am witness to that. So there's something that I that I do um, and that I say, uh, even in my current position for state government, whenever I lead a team or even if I'm not leading, I always have this, um, I guess, this motto. I don't believe, and it's not new, people say it, but I really know what this is. I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. Uh, if there is something good that I can use and that I can modify and save time and get things done quicker that way, I do it. And in, in my uh, also my role as worship minister, I believe the same. Um, if there's something out there that I can use, um, you know, and pay for if necessary, but I will use it. I will re. I will not reinvent the wheel because I don't believe that we have time to waste. And one of the things I remember so clearly when I, I don't know if you remember this, but I asked you um, if I could be the official piano player. I wanted to be the official piano player like at nine, and true. yeah, and, and 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 you were like, well, you know, can you can you fulfill the duties? You know, can you do the job description? And I thought, well, maybe not now but I know I can do it in the future. And that's an interesting thing to me that in all the papers that I would see with my mom and my dad there, there were position descriptions, even in Spanish. That's and true. I had never seen, I mean, honestly, in the churches I've worked today, in 2019, some of them do not have position descriptions for every position. They're working on it. But what are some of the things that you used to be able to to first of all get those positions written and then secondly you know tell the people hey this is how we're going to do things well we we have a good different courses that you get to the assemblies of god and also you have also uh the understanding that there has to be rules i know that many people frown on rules but it, for example, you you cannot put a person in a position, and we clearly stated that who has a criminal record of abusing children. That's right. They, they would not be put in that position, mm -mm. even though they might be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, even though they had good testimony. Uh, that record was there, and we knew even then that we could be sued for having someone who had this criminal record taking care of children. So that's one of the aspects, we had to always deal with different things. And so we had to write down and make sure that people understood 
that these are the way we're going to work. The, the, and if you want that position, you need to pray, one, and you need to know that's where God has you. But it's not going to happen just because you would like it. You have to be a person who's willing to serve and dedicate your life in a way that you'll be an example. And fulfill those duties that are on that. fulfill those duties, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, that's just an observation that I made today. And, and this was in the 70s or almost 80s, yeah, I would say, around that time. Uh, your mother and I had to go, uh, I think it was a year after you were born. And that's where, when we left everything and went to Phoenix and uh, it was a calling. So at the same time, it's not something we just did with no practical things to do. You know, we we had to do everything that's practical, make sure that at our job, my job, with Columbia Records was set straight, that they would have time uh, to understand that I was leaving. And some thought I was crazy, of course, but that, uh, that calling is very strong. Uh, I had many uh, uh, dreams, visions, and so on, and people that would tell me the very same thing. And our pastor at that time, uh, Otis Wilson, uh, throughout there, I went to the Hispanics, but I asked him counseling. And he gave me that assurance that uh, I, I was on the right path. So that kind of brings us to um, another question that I have regarding um, the organization of the church and the thought to incorporate. Because at that time, you know, in the late 70s, 80s, um, churches, especially Hispanic churches, they really were not incorporated or did not have um, articles, you know. What was the thought in, in doing that and how did it benefit the church at that time? Well, I, I looked into the Assembly of God's uh, rules and regulations and uh, what we could do and not, not do, and I, I saw that we could be incorporated. The reasons for incorporation is that we could, uh, it would be easier for us not to be uh, bothering the district every now and then to get their say-so on something that we could do ourselves. Secondly, it would be under our control and the church, and besides, I told the people that this is not my church in a sense, it's your church and for your children. So you should be planning for your children, for the future will come up quickly. And in this way, we can buy and sell and deal with whatever we have properly, and also be in good standing with the Assemblies of God also, which later on, it seems other people became incorporated also. We have some, had some misunderstandings. They thought that we were leaving the Assemblies of God and we assured everybody that it wasn't so, that this is part of the Assembly of God structure. So we always were able to refer to these rules and regulations and all the constitutions of the Assemblies of God. So we're not running around wild. We are definitely doing things practically and in a way that would be honored, uh, we would honor the Lord, most of all. Well, I think that's just a part of accountability. And the thing is, it's standard now. You know, pretty much every church 
has an incorporation or you know a lot of them do so it was just it's just interesting that what was uh trend setting back then is just pretty much standard practice yes now no no one wanted to do that because they thought uh, they had the idea i don't where that if they incorporated they were out of the assemblies and some really were upset and some even left the church but we assured them no, that that's not true but they didn't want to believe that they were had that mindset that uh, you couldn't do that. That's a, that's a no-no. But I knew of other people that were incorporated in California, in Fresno, in fact. And so uh, he, the brother, and everybody worked with the Assemblies of God. And now I see that after the initiate, uh, initiating of our our work, I think we were the only ones that did it at that time. Uh, in Arizona, so uh, I think it, it's a benefit, and that's what we wanted a benefit for the church, and able to uh, give reports and everything else, IRS, everything that we needed to do, and be uh, an entity for uh, the glory of God and work freely, without uh, involving uh, what was not important at that time, because you know the district has a lot of work, and they had a lot of work, so we saved them some work. I feel. It's transparency, financial transparency. Always. Um, I think anybody could come in and look at our financials. And we always and we're announce that from the pulpit. If you want or have a, a question, you want to know, you, we'll open the books for you. We'll explain it to you and answer your questions. We have nothing to hide. Uh, the money comes in, we use it. Uh, I hardly used much of it, but most of it went to church construction and to the uh, paying off the, the land. And we worked, uh, I worked at jobs, and Rachel worked jobs, so uh, we always had something that we were doing for ourselves, and also that we had a vision, and we were having to fulfill that vision, whatever the cost. Yeah, it, it's interesting that you say that because I too have a job, you know, a full-time job, and then um, during the week and on weekends, I do ministry, and that's how I grew up. Um, it's not. It's not something. How can I say this? I think the Lord allows me to have a job. If the Lord at any time says no, I don't. I really would like you to go into ministry full time. I don't have a problem with that. But the fact that I think that it's fine right now. Not right. I'm not saying in the future. Maybe who knows? Um, but we've. We're, we're on a topic that I really want to cover, which is um, how this land was paid for, Dad. I mean, if we had, you know, um, really no people of wealth, just good um, middle class, blue collar, um, or, you know, sometimes in the poverty range, uh, folks that attended our church. Very diverse, though. I mean, we had people from Angola right That's speaking right. portuguese we had um, african americans attending yes. our church um hispanics uh costa rica you know guatemala you know so so many different nations represented a variety of people came and even uh, some people who weren't uh of our same belief that came to our church yeah. and uh the uh the oneness uh, uh a couple came in and they said, uh, we'd like to come to church. We don't have a church. We like your church. And I said, well, come on in, you know. 
And brother, you know, we come from Texas and we don't like to argue about religion, you know? We just want to worship the Lord. Well, that's good for me. I feel the same way. Can, can my wife sing a song? And brother, she could sing. Of course you can. And the love of God was there because they are brothers and sisters in the Lord. We may not believe the same, but in heaven we'll know exactly what everything is. God help us to love each other. I think that's the essence. Tell that story, Dad, that you told me um, just yesterday about, uh, because every time that we would need to pay something, um, you know, whether it was the foundation or whether it was um, the structure or whether it was you know, building the walls, you know, for a long time. And I know this is true. People would go by our place and say, Hey, when are they going to finish? You know, but you know what? I'm going to say something today that this land, this five and a half acres, um, with the wonderful building it has on it is completely and totally paid for and has been for 15, 20 years, 30 years, 30, it's been paid for. So when, uh, my dad was even pastoring the church. It was completely paid for at the end of his tenure there. And that is something that a lot of people can't say. Um, and, and no, and, and not intending to be disrespectful, but um, there are times, you know, that churches rent rent for years. That's true. Uh, and it's, it's sad because they don't have control over their building, their property. You know, if they want to have... Um, a sale or if they want to have a fiesta whatever they want to have a carnival a fundraiser they can't they have to ask permission but um, way of life completely paid for um, in every way possible so how did that happen I mean if you could just tell that story about the the tile how the roof no one no one knew what to do with that roof tile and and what happened well, what happened is that uh, we were that day, so it's a warm day, hot day, we were, and to put roofing tile, you know, it's got quite a job, but it has a design, it has a way to put on. You have to know the way. And we were men that were willing, hardworking men, construction men, but the roof was something of a, of a strange thing to do. How can we do this? We were out there and scratching our head and this man comes by driving by gets off and walks toward us and says what's going on we said well we're trying to uh, put the roofing tile here and uh, we don't know just how to begin or to do it so that it will be uh, professional it won't leak well I am by trade a roofer and uh, I'm retired. I can't, I would like to help you put it on, but I can tell you the way to do it. And so he uh, he did a line that was uh, particularly from, uh, if you look at a, at a rectangle, uh, from a, a corner rectangle to rectangle, and he showed us how to uh, spread it out. And, it, we, and, he, and he stayed there, and he watched his work. And he says, well, I guess you're doing it fine. Keep on doing it. And so we, we did it, and we found out that it came up beautifully. And that helped us to do the main auditorium roof, too. 
But most of all, I think the, the blessing that God gave is that the men that learned that, most of them, they did their own roof in their own home. They didn't have to pay anybody to do the roof for themselves. They did it all. So it was time and time again where the Lord would bring a man, somebody that knew a professional, and lead us in a way that we would know what to do. Even the electricity. An uh, electrician came by and said, what are you doing? We had one pole and that's all we could get power from. And he said, well, I'm going to help you. And he did. The electricity went in and it, that pole, everything was set up as it should. And even the plumbing. There was a plumber that helped us also, professional. If I go back a little bit, the architect was a good friend of mine, a Russia Fellows, a man who taught in ASU. He was, he was an architect for years. He went to Phoenix Tech at that time, and we went to Phoenix Union. And we had friendship, and he said, I'll do it for $10,000, but for you, I'm going to go for 20, 30, no, uh, 2500 I'll leave it for that. And uh, my mother-in-law paid it with tamales. <laughs> How about that? That is awesome. Uh, because I've had those tamales and they're amazing. <laughs> uh, the, the great thing is that is that you're saying some things also that I see in my own life, which is, and things that my mom taught me as well. Yes. Always ask. Why wouldn't you ask if you have resources sitting right there? But guess what? You have to also be the kind of person that people want to help. You have to maintain your integrity. You have That's to be true. the kind of person that people want to follow. Uh, because throughout all of this, um, you know, there are churches that I have seen that have split. And don't get me wrong, there were there were at times people that came in and tried to do the same and, you know, tried to divide and conquer. But you know what? Um, and I'm going to say this because I believe you're a man of integrity and people want, you have that leadership, um, persona that says, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to keep my promise. And you're going to see that this is how it's going to be. I'm not going to say one thing and then do a completely different thing and leave you out in the cold. It's about relationships with people and for you to go back years and talk to Russia fellows yes. and for him to agree after so many years to give it for 2,500. First of all, it's God. And secondly, it is relationship. And what do you think? This is the last thing we're going to talk about, but what do you think about that? The relationship as a leader with other people, how important is it to maintain your integrity? If you're honest, I think I get it from my grandfather on my father's side who was a businessman and he always gave his word his word was his bond and whenever he said I'll pay for it when my business brings the profit from there I will pay you and that person who gave him the grain or or the cattle whatever it is would say it's a deal and a shaking of hands would seal it and if your word, I was taught, isn't good, then nobody can trust you. 
I could say it another way, but this is the best way to say it. And that was to me the most important, to keep my word. If God, the Lord gave me something for me to do, and I knew it, and people would say, that's not the way. I said, this is the way. This is what God told me to do. I think most of the leaders in the Bible had that problem. God would speak to them, and people would say, no, that's not it. But they stuck to what they knew, what God had spoken to them. And I think that's important. If God tells you something, just do it. Amen to that. To add to that, um, even when it seems like there's not success or that the road is very long. Very difficult. Um, you know, again, I say you're probably one of the only people I know that went to a place, um, you know, had a plan you know, yes. fulfilled that plan. That's true. Um, saw the church constructed, saw it paid off. And today uh, we have Pastor Brooke Montoya, who That's is over wonderful. a way of life. Wonderful man. Growing. Um, the church is in a different era. Um, I mean, they're doing, you know, all of these technological things that we're doing today, podcasts and, you know, um, TV things. But more than that, um, I believe that they're true to those principles of accountability, integrity, obviously prayer, um, moving in that direct way that they know uh, that they're in not only the will of God, but that they're doing it appropriately, correctly, and loving people. And that's what the church was built on. And and I commend you because um, you. there is there's just not very many other people um, who have seen their vision that God gave them or their plans fulfilled I would just like to say that uh, it may it would make me sound like a superman but I'm not uh, far from it I did what anyone could do and many times I repeated what I'm doing is something that anyone could do but God chose me to do it and I think that when God chooses you it's a great privilege do the best you can walk with God, listen, and know that people know sometimes more than you do in certain areas, and listen to them and make sure that what you're doing aligns with the Lord, with what He's telling you. Integrity is without, how could I put it, it's priceless. Yep. If you don't have it, uh, work on it, because we all make mistakes. It's the best thing is if you know your mistake, Ask forgiveness if you hurt someone, and most of all, the Lord, and go on. Yep, move forward. That's a wonderful place to end, Dad. Thanks for being on our podcast today, and um, You're welcome. let us move forward, everyone. If you have any questions for my dad or any questions about leadership, please visit our website at behindthismicshow.rocks. Uh, you will find a form to email us there and thanks again thank you i'm blessed that you're my daughter hey so thanks for joining us today on behind this mic your feedback counts please message us if you have any ideas and if you like our content would you please visit the apple podcast page on your phone or in itunes and review us we're working hard to get your five-star approval behind this mic would like to thank gig productions for sponsoring us today 
And we'd also like to invite you to join us every week by subscribing. Again, uh, share this podcast with your circle of influence. Interact with us by visiting our website at behindthismicshow.rocks, R-O-C-K-S. Until next week, may you find peace, joy, and love in your world and influence it for the better.